Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hello, welcome back to Ausbiz as we kick off the afternoon with The Call. Great to have your company. 10 stocks that you've suggested. I put it to our expert panel for their adjudication. So we do all of that in one hour. It's a lot of fun, very informative, and you get lots of direction. Um, One of my favourite panels today, Andrew Whelan, our friendly Queenslander uh, from Toowoomba, from DP Wealth Advisory. Andrew, good afternoon to you and uh, Henry Jennings from Marcus today. Welcome. Hi, guys. Uh, what the hell's happened to the market this morning? I, 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 I checked it at 11 o'clock and it was going nicely. And it was about 50 or 60 points. And what, it's down 10 now. Uh, down um, 63. Yeah, Henry, what's the reason for the turnaround? Um, I'm not sure what the reason for the turnaround, apart from the usual factors that we've got to play. I've got to say, watching Federal Reserve Chief Jerome Powell last night didn't fill me with an awful lot of confidence. He seemed to have no idea... What uh, what was really going to happen? And pushing the can down the road seems to be the way to go for the Fed. Uh, we're down now 62 points, Koshi. I've got to say, oh and it God. looks as if one of the triggers for this, and I suspect it's a big trigger, is the 10-year yield has gone through 2%, 2.02%. So we're seeing that interest rate rise, uh, really denting the market again. Luckily, BHP and the iron ore stocks have held up because the rest of the market has fallen over, especially so in the industrial space and CSL, uh, which is down uh, 3% as well today. They they are talking in the newspapers this morning about how they're no longer uh, researching into uh, COVID-19 and that side of things. So um, not good in the industrials, which have, I guess, outperformed slightly uh, in the last few days. But it's, it's once again looked ugly. And uh, from 50 yeah. up to 60 down, that, that's certainly showing that uh, the market is still in a pretty grumpy mood and we're not anywhere near the bottom for the time being, that's for sure. Yeah, and Andrew, the, the volatility on the American market, um, I, I do updates for, uh, for sunrise of the morning and we finish them just because of time changes, all that sort of stuff, with about an hour to go. And that last hour on the American market is like the Wild West over the last three or four weeks, anything can happen. You're getting 700-point turnarounds in an hour. Yeah, so my nine-year-old daughter has at the moment decided that three o'clock in the morning is an appropriate time to come in and say hello to mum and dad. Uh, Mum immediately goes straight back to sleep. Dad, of course, is just like, well, I'm awake. And I made the mistake of looking a couple of days ago and the NASDAQ, as an example, was down 5%. And I went, holy bother. And uh, eventually got back to sleep about 4.30. And then I thought, well, I'm in for a day of pain. And then woke up at six or seven or whatever it was, and the thing had turned around five percent. And I'm just like, this stuff is unbelievable. So yeah. you're right, volatility. And as we just discussed, even today, two percent move in our market. It's been quite a period of time since we've seen that. 
not a lot of rhyme or reason. I see US futures are positive at the moment for whatever that means. But uh, yeah, it's uh, not a lot of fun out there. No, it is, it is just crazy at the moment. And, you know, um, you two are uh, not as old as me, but we're all old buggers and we, and we remember the crashes of the past were always preceded by intense volatility, weren't they? Where uh, bears are, uh, are tackling the bulls and all of a sudden a big crack appears. Yeah, perversely, uh, Koshi. Yes. Sorry, you go, Henry. Go for it. Henry. Uh, yeah, uh, unfortunately, yes, we are old enough to remember a big crash. My first one was 87, and I've been around about five or six years when that happens. So uh, I do go back a fair way. I, I think what, what is really happening at the moment, and um, I think Andrew and yourself both alluding to this, this the, the mass movement in a, such a short space of time, this isn't human beings doing this. This isn't human yeah. beings changing their mind in the last hour and saying, oh, you know what, let's sell it down 700 points. These are the computer trading systems. And unfortunately, this mass concentration into ETFs and, you know, we've had such a huge, huge uptake from new, new retail investors that have ploughed billions, trillions into the ETF market. When it turns, it can turn very quickly. And unfortunately, the computers then just take over. And yeah. once, uh, once they start to take over, it does snowball. And of course, they're linked to everything else. So if, if the equity market's taking a pummeling, they will put the money into the yeah. bond market. And if that's taking a pummeling, you know, the gold market, it's, everything is linked to everything now. And this is not the normal conditions. This is not human beings changing yeah. their mind on the spur of the moment. This is computers in charge of the asylum. And we've set these systems up and we push on and go. And this is what they do. So. Mm -hmm. Be careful what you wish for right. with these computer trading systems because this yeah. is what will happen. It, Andrew, it, will, uh, it gets nasty. Andrew Wheel and the the evil ETFs. It's all. Bring it, bring it on. Um, it's actually it's funny you should mention that, Henry, because I just got an internal note about an hour ago about the size of the ETF market relative to the whole market. 134 billion, so a lot of money. Talking Australia here. And obviously we're having a global conversation, but the, uh, the statistic I'm about to give you suits my narrative. Uh, ETFs are 4% of total market here in Australia. Oh. So, you know, managed funds are still bigger than ETFs. So, okay. But Henry's right on a broader space. If we, if we talk about algorithmic trading, as opposed to those evil ETFs. <laughs> uh, as I understand it, um, algos are what about about 85% of total trading on the ASX? Wow. Whereas uh, us dinosaurs are simply only 15%. So that to me is probably the, the bigger wow. issue here. The algorithmic trading is, uh, is, and you know, we're certainly gonna find out how that's all gonna go over the next couple of weeks. But Koshi, to your point, perversely, I just want that cathartic clean out. I just want, you know, the final bang, get it over and done with, move on, because this sort of death by a thousand cuts up by 1%, down by 2%, all this sort of nonsense. You just need the big, you know, big crash. money moves from weak to strong hands. Get on with it. Okay. All right. We better get on with it too. Um, in the, this half hour, we're going to be taking a look at Antiotech, uh, the beta shares cloud computing ETF, uh, Neo Metals, 3P Learning, and Sinlay Milk. But uh, stock of the day uh, today. Thought we'd take a look at Premier Investments out this morning with its first half uh, update sales up half a percent from the same period last year 
Online sales jumping 27%, making up a quarter of total global sales. Uh, markets liking the positive report, um, shares up around 5% today, uh, considering many retailers have struggled uh, in the last quarter. Um, Henry, what do you think of the Premier Investments result and, and the stock? Um, yes, cost discipline is very much the Premier Investment story. And I guess part of that cost discipline is the fact that they're not taking any of the, uh, the landlord's rent increases for, uh, for gospel and actually fighting back on those to the extent where they're actually closing four stores because landlords aren't being reasonable on the readjustment in rents given the fall in foot traffic they're seeing. And some of those are kind of high profile stores as well. So it's interesting. These guys have really played hardball with their landlords. It has shown in the results. It's a pretty solid result, especially given the challenges that we've seen in the supply chain and, and all the other aspects. That online side of things is growing well. It's up 4.6% today. Solly Lou once again showing that it is the, the premier retailer in, in the country. But it is a question of him playing hardball with his landlords and ensuring that uh, costs don't blow out and he doesn't see these rent increases coming through post-pandemic uh, and no increase in that foot traffic. So. I, for me, it's it's probably a hold here. It's hard to get really, really excited about it just at the moment, given the headwinds the market has. But uh, it's a pretty solid result. Cost discipline has been the key to this one. Smiggling the world, uh, <laughs> pajamaing the world. Uh, they have done an exceptionally good job. They are a quality company. Uh, no reason to sell this one. Uh, but given the headwinds in the market, I'd be reluctant to be chasing this higher at the moment. You may get a chance if there is this cathartic clean out that Andrew's talking about. I've got to say, I feel like I've had a cathartic clean out in the last week or so. So um, I don't know what we're waiting for is even more cathartic and even more of a clean out. But, um, you know, I, I think there may be a chance to get this one closer to, uh, to 26 bucks than okay. 28 bucks. But right. um, we'll see. Yes, as Henry was alluding to, if you're a parent that has uh, spent a fortune at Smiggle or on Peter Alexander pyjamas, being a shareholder in Premier at least uh, gives you a chance to get some of your money back. Uh, Andrew, what do you think of the update and Premier? Yeah, you're right, uh, Koshi. Every time I walk past Smiggle, I'm trying to sort of grab Miss Nine and just sort of take a ride around because otherwise yep. that's the next hour gone. Uh, the, the update was good. Uh, Solly Lou is... Uh, probably arguably the best retailer in Australia. Certainly Jerry Harvey would be up there too, but I think Solly probably pips him there. Uh, I like it. Uh, it's trading well under consensus. The, it's a P of around 17 relative to its peers, which is about 21 times. So you do have a little bit of safety there if things were to correct. Uh, Henry's right, if we do get the final. And by cathartic clean out, I just want a 5%, really bad day, bang, once and done. But if we want to have one of those days, everything will cop it. But all other things being equal, I'm happy to buy Premier at these levels. Okay. All right. Let's get in the stocks that you want us to take a look at. And Henry Paris wants a view on Antio Tech. Um, sort of a, um, an industrial tech business into surfaces, isn't it? And different types of surfaces. But they've got into rapid, test, um, rapid uh, testing technology and the like. It's an interesting business. It is. We'll always have Paris. Paris. Um, <laughs> Antiotech, I've got to say, it, it is a mixed bag of businesses. As, as you rightly point out, it is kind of a technology business on surfaces. Uh, and they do have two 
kind of prongs to their business. One is the rapid antigen testing, which of course we're all desperately in search of, although um, it's probably going to go the same way as hand sanitizer at some stage, and there was so much of that made that eventually it was all cut price. But uh, these guys are pushing ahead with their rapid testing, which is a good thing. Uh, and certainly the market has been pushing higher on that. They've also got some anode technology as well in the battery space, again, using this technology for surfaces. It is an interesting stock. It has, it has really pushed ahead on the back of the, uh, the rat test side of things as opposed to the anode side of things at the moment. But it's got an interesting 12 to 24 months coming up with some, some uh, good uh, pipeline of announcements, I would say, to come. I would be cautious in this one only because there is a bit of speculative money still in this one because of the rat test effect and I would just be a little bit cautious. I'm not a seller, but I think you know tech generally at the moment, they've still got uh, to get permission from the TGA as well, so they've asked for more information on these tests. So for me, I think I, I can't bring myself to buy it. It's it's yep. just a bit too inflated at these prices. Maybe okay. uh, between 25 and 30, but that's you know 10, 15 percent down. So uh, okay. maybe that would give you a little bit more margin of safety. All right, uh, Andrew. Yeah, I, I would agree with Henry. Um, it's it's sort of got the buzzwords rat. Who would have thought rat was going to be a buzzword for 2022? Yep. <laughs> and also lithium. Uh, but technically, just looking at the chart, sort of 25 to me is sort of the level that you'd be. Not, not that I'm hoping it gets there, but that's certainly, I think that'd be a much more compelling buy. The technology sound, it, it, it's all it's all great, but um, Henry just split, said, you know, that um, US 10 year over 2%, that's real bad news for the spec space. It's bad news for the technology space. And uh, I think you'll find valuations in this space will come under pressure. So it is a hold, but if it goes to 25, it becomes a buy. Okay, all right. Uh, Matt wants a view, Andrew, on the BetaShares Cloud Computing ETF. Matt says, uh, with the huge growth set for cloud compu computing thematic, uh, would be great to get some insights onto this. And is, it, is this a good ETF and a good representation of the cloud computing sector? Yeah, and this is this is sort of where I'm really struggling at the moment, Koshi, if I can speak very briefly about the whole thematic ETF space. So, you know, um, Cloud is a good one, um, Hack is another one. There's lots of them that are about at the moment that all make perfect sense. But the issue being that the valuations are certainly aggressive and as because they don't make a lot of money, some cases no money, uh, then the discounted cash flow that's used to, uh, for the valuation is under pressure as bond yields go up. So therefore, you're finding that even though the thematic makes sense, cloud computing makes sense, the actual underlying investment landscape in which we're dealing with is unfriendly. Now, will that be the case over the next three to five years? Absolutely not. But is that the case today and tomorrow and probably next week? Yes. So it's really sort of saying, Yes, at one stage, I think that is the correct thematic, but at what point does it become a buy? And at the moment, it's talking about money moving from weak to strong hands. There are plenty of people in the retail space who bought these just to try and turn a quick dollar and now seeing them down 10, 20, 30 percent right. and are concerned and are potentially selling. So to deal with this one, CLDD, Look, it's a great one. It's only a smaller one, though. It's only got about 60 million funds under management. It's got Akamai, it's got Dropbox, it's got Salesforce, so all the right companies. But 
tech is under pressure at the moment, so I would be a holder at this stage. Right. Okay. Henry? Um, I've got to say, Koshi, this cloud has fallen so far, it should be renamed FOG, F-O-G-G, <laughs> rather than cloud, because it has absolutely collapsed. Uh, and although the thematic is fantastic, uh, as Andrew rightly points out, some of these thematics, the stocks underlying the thematic can be massively expensive and very, very prone to pullbacks. This one back in November was uh, 1723, and here we are at 1228. That is a big fall for this ETF. And for a lot of people that are new to ETFs and a lot of people who are new to investing, they would have looked at the theme and gone, oh, cloud computing, it's getting bigger. The, the problem is cloud computing is probably overpriced and it becomes a commodity and there's a lot of competition in it as well. And unfortunately, when the market gets rattled, and we've seen that at the moment, market being rattled big time, these things are the first casualties. These things just get chucked out. And this is what's happening at the moment. Would I be buying it here? No. I think at the moment there is still uh, more downside to come. I've seen no real evidence that uh, we are through this period of dislocation in valuations because you know, 2021 was an extraordinary year. It is not. It was not a normal year in terms of returns, and uh, I think we've all got a little bit too complacent and all got a little bit too um, full of ourselves and a bit too much hubris in terms of uh, the market and all thinking that we're geniuses. When in actual fact, the market does humble us, and this one I think is going to continue to be a humbling experience. Okay. So uh, for me, it's an avoid. All right. Um, Stephen and Liz separately want a view on Neo Metals. Um, they hurt, certainly haven't been humbled by this. Stephen is saying, I bought at 61 cents last year, keeps going up. Is it time to sell or hold? Um, and for Liz, she says, I like the company's project, but if I miss the boat, and it, should I just wait for a pullback. Of course, Neo Metals is in lithium battery recycling projects. They've got a, a lithium hydroxide refinery. So lithium, the buzzword. Um, Henry, uh, should Stephen take his profits or hold? And is it too late for Liz? Uh, I think Liz is going to get a chance to buy them back uh, where uh, she'd like to buy them, to be honest, the way it's going. It had a, it had a big, big run up. And this is a recycling uh, lithium battery technology and this yep. is going to be one of the keys to the future is going to be recycling these batteries because uh, they are, a, are an environmental issue and of yep. course the other issue of course is that we want to be able to to complete that virtuous circle of recycling so it's 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 interesting technology at the moment of recycling of lithium ion batteries is a is a pretty manual process and they're not the easiest things to recycle um, but you know, given what we're seeing in the market, here we are, we're down 92 points from up 60 to down 97 now. We're going to hit 100. The pavilion will be clapping away. Um, I think that you'll see this one below a dollar, uh, to be honest. So if you're mm -hmm. looking to lock in some profits and you've got it cheap, uh, maybe it's a good time, even though it's come way off the 180 that we've seen it. Um, it could be a good time to lock in some money and buy it back below a dollar. And I think if you're waiting for that opportunity, you will probably get that opportunity when we get to, uh, okay. more weakness in the market. All right, Andrew? Yeah, technically, and I guess we have to be driven in part by technicals at the moment because there's not a lot of rational thought going on. Uh, one to 110 seems to be sort of the level for it. 
noting that it was a dollar eighty there just a couple of weeks ago. But uh, yeah, I'm again ESG focus and all the buzzwords and all that sort of stuff. But uh, if you, if I paid sixty cents for it and I could be knocking it out at one twenty or one thirty, you know why wouldn't I be doing that? So I can certainly see it's going to come under more pressure as the market comes under pressure. So uh, it is not a buy till around that dollar mark. Okay, all right, uh, and take some profit. So um, similar vein to Henry. Yep. Um, Andrew Damien wants a view on three P learning. Damien saying now that it's back to school in a year where many might be wanting their kids to fast track and, and catch up with the curriculum that they fell behind on during the pandemic. Is this a good stock to get into? Or will it be afflicted by the general tech sell-off as it's not making profits yet? Would Kip McGrath be a better option to enter the after-school education market? Uh, 3P Learning is an online education uh, group. Um, teachers, um, uh, 250 educators work for it and uh, they say that they're serving schools in 100, 100 countries, 17,000 schools um, use their platform. Yes, my uh, nine and a half year old seems to be getting a pretty good run today. Hello, Isabella. I know you're not watching, but I'll give you a call out anyway. And two of their main products that they have, uh, 3PL, is Mathletics and also Reading right. Eggs. Yeah. So when she was in grades one and two, I think it was, yeah. uh, they were staple offerings in the Violent household. So, uh, and you know, you talk about 17,000 schools, 5 million users. Yeah. So it's a pretty decent user base. Where they're hoping to get growth from is shifting into the sort of the consumer space. Are they going to be sort of able to get um, additional users from that point of view? And they're aiming for about 20% growth from the consumer now is that achievable or not i mean if you think if we're in an inflationary environment what was one of the big drivers of inflation uh, that we saw out of that data uh, earlier this week it was around rising fuel costs rising um, cost of living are you going to as much as you want to look after your kids and educate what's more important put on the table and driving them around everywhere or paying for additional after school stuff so I, I think it's aspirational, but I'm not quite sure it's the right environment. It's trading near consensus. Consensus is about $1.68 versus sort of where it is at the moment. I don't mind it, but I certainly wouldn't be buying it at these levels. So I would right. say it is at best a hold. Okay. Is Kip McGrath a better alternative? Again, coming back to, so Kip McGrath, again, is sort of that after school piece. So again, yeah. coming back to what I was saying before about rising cost of living pressures. I think no. at least 3PL is underwritten by the school piece. Kate, uh, Kip McGrath doesn't even have that, unfortunately. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Henry? Um, 3PL, well, I guess, I mean, they put the band back together, really. They've got uh, the, the founder who's in the back being chairman. He's the largest shareholder. It's very concentrated in the Sandbloom uh, family, uh, Blake and Matthew. They've got massive uh, percentage of this stock. It doesn't trade very much. That's part of its problem. There's only three and a half thousand shares traded today. So it is thin. It is a liquid. I've got to say, I, I don't have a nine-year-old anymore. And uh, But uh, if I did, they'd probably be doing as Andrews are in terms of the mathletics, etc. I, I don't mind this one, but I just think with the, uh, there has been kind of a change at the top. All right, it's bringing the band back together and putting the, the founders back into the company. 
which uh, is good, but that does tend to shake things around a little bit. So I, I wouldn't be rushing on either because of the liquidity issue and also because they have sort of had a change in management, but they've got some really, really good products which they can obviously leverage at pretty low cost being platform stocks and roll those out to uh, to schools and students. So certainly don't mind it, but again, you know, this is this is a tech stock in, in not a tech world at the moment. This is a risk stock that uh, we're becoming more and more risk adverse. So, you know, with three and a half thousand shares traded today, it's yeah. it's hard to get set one way or the other. So that does put me off a little bit, I have okay. to say. But, not for you. Uh, it, I, I, not for me at the moment. Okay. Um, Henry Josh wants a view on Sinlay Milk, the big uh, New Zealand dairy processing company, of course. Um, it, it rode the wave uh, for a couple of years of uh, infant formula, milk powder sales to, to China and Asia and the rest of the world. Yeah, it did. I've got to say, when it rode the wave, it didn't ride it particularly well. Um, and it was a, a laggard, it, kind of the wave flipped over it and it, uh, it missed it, whereas the A2s of this world and the Bellamy's and those sorts of things rode the wave extraordinarily well uh, for a short time. Th these guys, are sort of the, the, uh, the product behind the marketing, if you like, they do have a new team in town, uh, new strategy. They had a horrible year last year, very challenging for them. Uh, they had their largest ever financial loss last year which is not a good sign. And things have changed dramatically for them being the big supplier to A2 milk. So, yeah, I, I would, um, this is not for me. This is not a turnaround situation yet. I'm always a bit, as Andrew is as well, always a bit concerned when you have new management at the helm, strategic reviews, all that sort of thing. They did raise 200 million bucks back in November 2020. But, um, you know, there are some rumors that A2 milk could be a uh, potential takeover target. But I think Saputu was one of the companies mentioned. A2 Milk get their uh, product from Sinlay. I don't know how that would affect that commercial arrangement if A2 Milk was knocked off by a global multinational with, uh, with their own product line. So new management, risks, China's a problem still for these guys. Can't see any reason to be there, to be honest. Yep. So uh, I would just avoid. Okay. Andrew, what do you think of Sinlay, and it's worth noting with Henry's point that uh, A2 Milk is basically, uh, or has been in the part, a really good marketing arm, has a, they didn't ever own any cows um, or any rotolactors or anything like that. They just bought it from the likes of Sinlay. No, my, my learned friend, as always, has nailed it. You've not only got concentration risk relating to major customer, but you've also got concentration risk to major market being China. So uh, that in itself is a concern. Uh, I noted the AGM, I think it was in December, yep, December AGM, they were still reaffirming that everything was tickety-boo for this year, 37% um, uh, oh, sorry, uh, market expectations, 37% earnings growth this year after that fairly ordinary year last year. They're reaffirming they expect there to be some pretty strong growth. Uh, I'm always incredibly nervous of businesses that are forecasting the hockey stick. So in other words, seeing that big upturn in earnings. Yep. So uh, this in itself, uh, you know, between heavy reliance on A2 Milk, heavy reliance on one particular market, the hockey stick, we've got three amber lights flashing. So this is an avoid. Okay. All right. 
Let's um, look at that horrible chart too. Uh, um, just a, a shocker. Um, let's uh, recap the first five stocks and our stock of the day, Premier Investments, a hold from Henry, um, uh, a buy from Andrew. Antio Tech, um, a no from uh, Henry. If it got it down to around 25 or 30 cents, um, it would be more attractive. A hold from, uh, uh, from Andrew. Uh, Beta Cloud, uh, computing ETF, a hold from Andrew, a no from Henry. Uh, Neo Metals, take your profits. You've had a, a great run. If you've had a run up from 60 cents, as one of our viewers asked, um, take some profits because um, the guys reckon you might be able to get it in the future down around a dollar, um, which for our other viewer that inquired in Neo Metals, you've missed the boat, but you could. Good company in uh, a good theme with some good technology, you might be able to get it at the right price shortly. 3P Learning, a no from Henry, a hold from Andrew, and Sinlay Milk, a no from both of them. Uh, coming up in uh, the, this uh, 30 minutes, the second half of the call, we'll be covering BetaShares Global Healthcare ETF, Yoji, the Vanguard Global Value uh, Equity Active ETF, Strike Resources, and Briscoe. All right, um, Andrew, um, I see wants a view on the beta shares global healthcare. Uh, he's in it at the moment. Is there any merit in keeping this in my portfolio? Yeah, so if we think about things going to custard, what are, what are areas of the economy that have more predictable resilient styles of earnings? And one of those would be healthcare. Uh, now, in Australia, we don't really have a lot of choice. We have CSL, and we were just discussing before CSL not exactly having a happy time of it at the moment, back at $250. Don't think they've been that low since around the sort of February-March lows of 2020. You've got Cochlear, you've got ResMed, and maybe Fisher & Paykel. That's about it in, in the bigger space. Uh, oh, and Ramsey, of course. Whereas globally you've got a lot more choice you know you've got johnson and johnson you've got roche you've got Pfizer. you know you've got a whole slew of them you've got an aging population uh, you've got ongoing medical enhancements there's lots of reasons that i think you want exposure to global health care government spending on health care is increasing as well so i'd be very happy to have um, one of those styles of ETFs in there, not only from a longer term point of view, but shorter term because their earnings are pretty sticky, pretty predictable. So the two main ones to look at there's drug, which is the one that we're being asked about. And there's also one from iShares, which is IXJ. Uh, look, drugs, even though they've come off a little bit, but of course, so has the whole broader market. Um, I, I actually don't mind it. 42% um, of their earnings come from pharmaceuticals, 20% from healthcare equipment and 11% from managed care. Uh, it's got Johnson & Johnson, Pfizer and Roach, as I said before. So as a longer term defensive play, as well as that longer term growth thematic, uh, I'm quite comfortable in holding this one. So to me, it's a longer term buy, broader market considerations aside. So hold at the moment. Um, Henry, what do you think of this one? It's getting very hard to hold anything at the moment, isn't it, yeah. I have to say. Um, long term, I think Andrew is probably right, but short term, I think there's going to be some more pain. As he says, you know, it has got sticky earnings, the Johnson & Johnson's this world, 42% in pharmaceuticals. Uh, we know that healthcare is a great theme, um, but I think we're going to see further pullback in this one. 
so I wouldn't be rushing in at the moment. You know, this this is, I guess, my constant refrain at the moment in these volatile times is not to be rushing anything and to be uh, sitting back and waiting. I think you'll get this one. You know, we could see this one back down to 680, or is it now 730? So I think there's still some more downside to come. Certainly, you know, while we've been talking in the today, Koshi, you know, the, the index has fallen from down 60 when we started this broadcast down to uh, down 120 now. So you can see the market is very skittish. Valuations are coming under scrutiny, and I think they will continue to come under scrutiny in the global healthcare sector as well. So I think we'll see more downside in this one, I'm afraid. Uh, you both used CSL as a benchmark today. When you say just look at the CSL price today, down around that, that 250 mark. Um, you know, great healthcare company, health tech, global leader. Um, do you start nibbling away at, at 250, Henry? Or, or if you've got, got stock in it, do you start averaging down? Great company, I remember not so long ago, um, quite a few on the, on the panel were saying, gee, if you can get CSL for under 300 bucks, it's always a buy. Yeah, there's a lot of people say that, isn't there? Until they get to below 300 bucks and they don't want to buy it then. Yep. So, you know, you've got plenty of chance at the moment. There's a, a share purchase plan going on at the moment as well. 273, I think, is the price from memory. This is well and truly hitting support and you know, the news out this morning that, uh, although it wasn't confirmed by the company necessarily, but in the papers, that they sort of given up the ghost in uh, looking at um, the COVID uh, pandemic, you know, the viral side of that and not doing any more research into that. I don't know, you know, this, this company still relies on US collection centers. Uh, yeah. This is where their product comes from. They pay people, they pay people to donate blood in the US. now. Uh, that's all well and good. That's that's fantastic uh, in some respects. And they've built a, a, a world-class collection business in the US and a world-class um, value add from spinning that plasma and doing all the clever stuff they do with it. But at the end of the day, if you can't get hold of the blood, yeah. then it's problematic. Now, there's two problems at the moment in America from their point of view. Is One, you've got 4.2% unemployment in the US. So there's not a huge amount of incentive to wander into your local CSL collection place and donate blood because you're employed. Why do you need the extra 50 bucks or 100 yep. bucks or whatever you're going to get? And the second problem, of course, is we've still got a, a raging Omicron in, in the US, which is slowing down the economy. And I don't think you can really underestimate this. You know, the, the governments are keen to keep things open and keep the economy going as it should. But the reality is that people on the ground are making their own risk assessments and they're not out and about. They're not doing the same things they do. Some cities are still ghost towns. I had a, a guy this morning telling me that London is absolutely deserted still. Yep. And uh, it, it, you know, that these are the guys that supposedly are normal now. So for me, you know, it's, it's at that level where it should bounce from here. 250, it should bounce. Um, and I would probably start nibbling here if I was a, a long-term uh, buyer of CSL, I have to say. It, does look highly attractive to nibble away, but that's not to say that it won't go lower mm. as this sort of unravels yeah. at the moment and the US still has this problem with the collection centers. So yeah. you know, clearly there's, there's, there's something afoot here with a 3% fall today that, that's, um, you know, it's supposed to be the blue chip one that people go to, yeah. but it's, it's 4% down now. Yeah. And, so, uh, and there's a lot of guys that took the placement at 270 odd 
um, that are just going, oh, it's all too hard. Just get me out of this rubbish. I don't want to, yeah. you know, I'll, I'll just square the books. I'll go away, play golf for a month and come back and see what happens. Yeah. I think Andrew? there's a bit of that going on. What would you be doing if you're in CSL? Uh, so I'm a, I'm a big CSL fan, but Henry's nailed it relating to the plasma piece. There was also, and I can't remember the name of the law, but there was that law that basically also prohibits people from uh, Mexico actually coming into the US and working, which also includes giving plasma donations. Right. So that's right. just another um, piece of the puzzle, if I can put it that way. Um, like technically 250 is the level. If it can't hold 250, it's uh, it's on the slide. Consensus is 339 bucks. Yep. And yep. Uh, so that's a big disparity. But I would point out that the forecast PE is 36 times earnings. So even back at 250 bucks, 36 times earnings. And yet the market average is 19 times. So you're being yep. asked to pay yep. nearly double the market PE for a business which is facing a couple of those pressures, never mind the integration issues of their most recent acquisition as well. So I would be cautious. I think that it should be part of people's long-term portfolio. If you're a direct um, equities holder, I think it should be part of your portfolio. But is it going to come under a bit more pressure? And especially if the market comes under pressure, because it's, what's its market weight? Six, seven percent. It's yeah. one of the top market weights. So if the market continues to get sold off, it will get sold off simply by virtue of its um, index weighting. But uh, it is not a buy at yeah. the moment. Okay. All right. Um, David uh, wants a view, Andrew, on Yoji. Um, he says, I've done unusually well out of WiseTech. And since Yoji seems to be in the same field, um, you have positive thoughts on it, Andrew, of course. Um, Yoji is a logistics tracking platform for, for freight, uh, both land, sea and air. Uh, sort of, is it really similar to WiseTech? Sounds like. WiseTech-ish. Right. Um, it's got sort of more uh, sort of cloud-based stuff going on as well. Uh, I mean, we've covered this a couple of times now yep. at 16 yep. and then it went to 21 and we're now back at 15. Uh, look, I, I don't mind it, but it really, I guess, there's a few things going on with logistics. I've got a, a friend of mine who owns a trucking business, as an example, and he cannot find drivers for level money. Yeah. So you've got supply chain constraints going on, and that's just one person with one business. What's the impact of COVID on their business as well? Um, so that sort of concerns me. I mean, they do work with four of the top 10 global flight freight forwarders in, uh, in in the world. So, you know, they've certainly got a boutique business, not a boutique, they've got a, a blue chip brother um, client base. They've also got um, Thorny Investments on the register as well. In fact, I think they are the largest shareholder with around eight or 9%. So they certainly have quality shareholders. They've got a quality business but you've got some systemic industry issues going on. And again, in times of market uncertainty, do you, do you want to be buying this or do you want to be looking at BHP or CSL or yep. something like that? So okay. to me, it's a hold. Uh, a hold, did you say? Yep. Okay. Uh, WiseTech just came up on, on our ticker. Uh, down 8% today. Oh, dearly. Um, zero is down 6%. Uh, Henry, what do you think of Yoji? Uh, well, I think we're having that cathartic clean-out that Andrew's been talking about. As we speak, we're now down 140 points for the index. 
And uh, the only, there's only two stocks that really are in green at the moment. That's Rio and BHP, amazingly. Um, but uh, the rest of the market has absolutely cratered uh, in the last hour. It must be something that Andrew and I have said. Uh, people have followed us. Uh, as far as Yoji goes, yeah, it's a $44 million market cap. It has its moments. Uh, logistics software is a complicated world. They talk big percentages in terms of growth, but in terms of actual money, you know, the implied revenue run rate is two million bucks. Um, really? Um, yep. So I can't get very excited about this one. They talk a good game, they talk good percentages, um, but really and truly not for me at this time. Okay. All right. Um, Andrew, Scott wants a, a view on the Vanguard Global Value um, Equity Active uh, ETF. Um, Scott was saying, moving into an inflationary environment with higher interest rates, would this be a good diversified option for part of the portfolio to get access to value stocks? If not, what are the other options the panel would consider for value exposure? Yeah, good question, Scott. Um, and in fact, so we're talking about things that are up and down today. Uh, VVLU up at the moment, up 0.21%. Mm. So, um, which is good news for the Sarand Super Fund. Um, it is a holding in the Violent Super Fund. And the, one of the reasons I have it is so that if we're having days like today, I mean, everything's yeah. getting sort of thrown out, but it is less likely to get knocked about. And one of the reasons it's less likely to get knocked about is it's overweight materials, it's overweight energy, it's overweight financials. Right. And as Henry right. just told us, things like Rio and BHP. This is a global fund, but from a thematic point of view. And it's underweight things like technology, real estate and utilities, all the interest rate sensitive things, it's underweight. So it's certainly doing its job from that point of view, as the name suggests, it's trying to find companies that are good value. Are they trading at a discount to their price earnings ratio? Are they trading at a discount to a cash flow valuation? So I quite like it. As I said, I have it in my own um, super fund. Um, are there other things to look at as well? There is another value ETF at the VLUE. Uh, the issue with that is it's about 25% tech. So if you're worried about technology, right. uh, that's something to think about. The other one I don't mind in this space is a multi-factor ETF, VGMF, and it has uh, quality as a factor. And of course, we love qual, but it's got quality as a factor. It has value as a factor. And it also has momentum as a factor. And it's actually holding up relatively okay. It's only down 0.2% today. So VGMF okay. would be the other one that I'd be looking at as well. All right. But otherwise, if you want value stocks, this is a good one to get into. Uh, Henry? I, I can't really argue with my learned friend. I have nothing particularly more to add. So um, okay. I'll go with Andrew on this one. All right. Uh, Stuart wants a view, Henry, on Strike Resources. Um, it has an iron ore project in uh, WA. Stuart says, I purchased uh, Strike at 29 cents to get exposure to, uh, to iron ore. Prices are at, at record highs. Everything fantastic. Great management. Of course, time is everything. Iron ore started uh, falling. So I took advantage, bought some more at 15 cents. Now I've got a large holding, big concern that should I cut my losses when taking out a speculative buy like this, uh, um, would the experts sort of uh, recommend he sort of get out of trouble now or just let it play out? 
Um, it's always very hard to uh, to comment on specifics, and we're not allowed to, because there's always general advice. But these guys have got two iron ore projects. One, they're still waiting the final investment decision, and that's the WA1 Paulson's East is that project there. Um, but so they have a project in Peru. All the best things come from Peru, as Paddington Bear would say, with his marmalade sandwich. Um, but... Um, you know, if, if you wanted to play iron ore, there are certainly better ways to play it, I think, than strike resources, I must admit. Uh, the stock did bottom around nine cents uh, and has bounced back. So that is something and it's showing signs of life. Uh, whether you would hold it or add to it here, I, I think if I was a holder, I'd still kind of back the company with the management and just hold on for, for somewhat better times. Iron ore and oil is one of the well, the two commodities that have really held up pretty well. In fact, commodities across the board have actually held up pretty well. So uh, I'd go with that for the time being. And of course, we're heading into Chinese Lunar New Year as well. So we won't get too much movement in iron ore. So it may be that that break there will certainly help sentiment. So um, you could see this one push back up towards 18 cents on a really good day in a really good market. Uh, I think you're going to have to be pretty patient to uh, to see this one hit that level, though. So. If you were holding it and you doubled down, I think it's still probably a hold because you doubled down for a reason. But um, there are better ways to play iron ore for the bounce, more liquid, more well-known ways. Champion Iron is one that I've played in, which has uh, uh, been quite good to play as well. So um, that, that's one to, and, to bear And after all the doom and gloom, when iron ore got, got down to 80 bucks, it's back up to 120 now, isn't it? 138, yeah. It's... Wow. Um, it's it's, it's, it's been the, the sort of the Lazarus, I guess, of the commodities, and it was down and out in Beverly Hills uh, for a long time, and everyone was writing it off, but it has had a remarkable bounce, as has, you know, with oil at $90 a barrel. Uh, yeah. Two key commodities for Australia have held up particularly well, same with coal uh, and same yeah. with agricultural uh, produce. So as far as we go, we're, we're not doing too badly, but you wouldn't believe that from the market today. No. Uh, Andrew, what do you think of strike? Uh, yeah, um, look, strikes very small, uh, $40 million. There's been two trades today, so uh, it's pretty liquid. There's only about $35,000 a day that's traded. Uh, certainly, I probably wouldn't be selling at these levels, but, you know, on any sort of uh, semblance of a bounce back, as Henry's saying, around that 16, 17, 18, if you think you have too many of them, that's probably your opportunity to be exiting. But to the sort of the more broader stop loss question, you're going into something and it's not a core holding then you probably should as part of your buying process and i'm not just talking about strike i'm saying in general sort of think of a number that you would say okay well is it 10 percent or 20 percent or whatever your number of choices and say well i paid 20 cents for something it's now 16 i don't know why it's falling the chart looks ordinary it wasn't a core holding it's probably time to manage it out so that's certainly something to Think about with all these styles of more speculative investments. Okay. And our final stock, Andrew, Georgia wants a, grew, um, a view on Briscoe Group, uh, one of uh, New Zealand's uh, big retailing groups. They've got Homeware, um, they own Rebel Sport um, in New Zealand as well. Um, what do you think of Briscoe? I quite like it. In fact, I've just employed a young lady from New Zealand. So I said to the young lady, um, tell me about Briscoe. What's it like? 
And she said it's sort of more of a high-end retailer. You know, if you want to sort of get something nice in New Zealand, you go to Briscoe's. I thought, well, isn't that interesting? So I did a bit more uh, digging on it. I quite like it, Koshi. PE of 11, so certainly as we just heard before, market PE here in Australia is 19 times. It's trading on 11 times. Uh, it's got a 35% return on shareholders' equity. It's got about a 12% margin. Um, doing pretty well despite all the lockdowns in New Zealand. Uh, their online business, similar to what we've heard before with Premier, is doing pretty well at the moment. Um, so, yeah, I, I like it and I'd be quite um, happy to buy it. Um, it's probably one that's going to hold up relatively okay. The, the one thing that might unhinge that thesis, of course, is if inflation starts uh, barreling along, but um, the um, RBNZ have to get a bit more aggressive with their interest rate rises, but otherwise, fundamentally, it looks pretty sad. Okay. Um, Henry, Briscoe? Uh, um, this one last traded in Australia on the 22nd of December on oh. the ASX. Okay. 250 shares traded that day. Um, I struggled. I thought I had the wrong stock code. Uh, to be honest, maybe, maybe I have, but it just basically doesn't trade on the ASX. It is a New Zealand company, as Andrew says. It's probably a pretty good New Zealand company. They've just had their CPI come in at the th fastest rate growth in 31 years. So they've got the same problem that we have. Can't see any reason to be there, to be honest. Um, it's, you know, there's, there's no liquidity on the ASX for this one. Uh, if you want to trade on the New Zealand Stock Exchange, different matter, but I just can't see too many attractions okay. for this one. So I'll pass. Okay, just just quickly before you go, um, the way I love trying to get into the into the minds of professional investors like you guys, when when you get economic data coming out with inflation, you've got the Fed last night going, okay, interest rates we are going to increase, and probably a number of times this year. Henry, how does that play in to your portfolio management now? that we're getting real indication, interest rates are rising. Reserve Bank next Tuesday is going to have to sort of do a mea culpa and say, well, 2024, I know we argued about this last year, but maybe rates are going to rise a lot earlier. How, how does that affect your focus on your portfolio? Um, well, you know, we've, we've all known that interest rates are going to rise. Let's face it, you know, anybody that doesn't, or hasn't thought that, has had their head in the sand. It's The problem has been is that central banks around the world have been reluctant to get in front of the curve with this one. They've been, they've been very reluctant to be aggressive. And even last night, Jerome Powell was a bit wishy-washy at times and a bit, oh, you know, well, we'll see how things go kind of thing. Um, I, I think the market needs some clear communication on this because they, what they don't want to see is the inflation get worse. And the problem that they have in this in the, in the world at the moment is that the oil price is rising and housing costs have been rising, which are the two big components that have been going up in the US. So as far as portfolio goes, um, you know, in the, in the small cap portfolio that I run, it has had a horrible, torrid time, it's fair to say. And I've had 50% in cash. So if I haven't wow. had 50% in cash, it would have been absolutely decimated. Risk assets are really not a popular place to be at the moment now at some stage that will end and we're gearing up and looking at things that we will be buying uh, when the when the dust settles but at the moment there is still a lot of dust in the air and yeah. it's not just the interest the interest rates are, are, are part of the problem what has been the biggest problem is valuations have just got too dumb 
and the likes of the SPACs and the NFTs and the digital and the crypto and all this stuff, fast money chasing stuff, it's just got too silly. Right. And when it unravels, as we are seeing it at the moment unraveling, it unravels very, very quickly. And what that does is it kills confidence and it takes a while to get it back. But mm. at the moment, it's more about finding the stocks that you, you love and that you want to buy on days like today. CSL might be one of those at $2.50, yeah. who knows? But uh, that, that's really our focus mm. now. Okay. If, if, you, if you're trying to sell now at 6800 you kind of missed the boat, really. Yep. Um, yep. It's now a question of, of trying to time the entry. Yeah, Andrew? Share markets climb stairs and go down elevators. Right. So, you know, from, from the point of view uh, of what should you be sort of thinking about, Henry's spot on, you know, instead of wallowing in a bit of self-pity, if I can put it so bluntly, start building the shopping list. Yeah. What are companies yeah. or ETFs that I think look attractive? And so that would be, you know, something proactive that you can be doing now. Yeah. From a, a, a support point of view, this could drop another 300 points. This could go down another 5%. And I was just reading before, over the last 28 years, the ASX has fallen by more than 10%, 16 times, right. and the average fall is 17%. Right. So if that's going to happen, 6,500 or thereabouts for the ASX S&P 200 is probably that support level. So between now and then, if it gets to that point, you need to be building that shopping list. What are the mm. moat-like businesses I like if I like direct equities? Or if I've got an ETF portfolio, do I change my risk profile? Or what are particular markets that I want exposure to that I don't have at the moment? So yep. now's the time to yep. be getting on that front foot. Great advice. Andrew Whelan from DB Wealth Advisory, Henry Jennings from Marcus today. Thank you, chaps. Appreciate your time. Thanks. Thanks, David. Thanks, All right, Andrew. let's recap our final five stocks. Peter Shares Global Health ETF. Hold from Andrew, no from Henry. Yoji. A uh, hold from Andrew, no from Henry. Uh, the uh, Vanguard Value uh, Fund ETF, value, Global Equity Value, uh, a yes from both of them. Um, if you want a, a core of value stocks, uh, Strike Resources, a hold from Henry, a no from Andrew. And Briscoe, a yes from Andrew, a no from Henry. Uh, if you would like any stocks for us to for me to put to our expert panel, uh, put them in an email, uh, the call at osbiz.co.com.au uh, or tweet us using the at TV handle. To check out all the stocks in the calls portfolio, head to osbiz.co forward slash portfolio. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.